What's poppin' sweets? It's your favorite baker and host, Alicia Reedy, and I'm back with a brand new episode of Cookies and Conversation, and we finna get us some brew with Chris Brewer. How are we feeling? <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I feel like I just gave you a whole earful before we really got into this. My bad. But yes, like I'm here. My allergies are whooping my ass, and to anybody that's listening, I apologize in advance for any stuffiness. Any sniffles, any potential sneezes, because I've been I've been fighting for my life out here in these streets. Okay, sneezes. Yes, but how are we doing? How is everything? Things are good. Um, been getting kind of busy. I mean, you know, tax season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even aside from that, things are starting to pick up. Thankfully, you know. Surprisingly, people don't really believe me when I say this, but uh, doulas do have a slow season, so. Um, we're kind of coming out of that, which is wonderful. Yeah, I feel like springtime is like when things are on and popping. So I feel you. <laughs> but let's get into it. Who are you and what are we sipping on? Oh, so I, funny enough, I am drinking coffee. It's the Witch's Brew blend from Moms with mm. oat milk. Um, yeah, and I am a doula. I'm a postpartum doula. I work in the DMV area. I'm the owner of One by One Postpartum, and I'm also the co-owner and co-facilitator over at the Postpartum Collective, which is a community-based peer support support community for um, postpartum parents. Um, And we host meetings and have workshops and all the wonderful things. create a community of like-minded parents who just want support and want to chat with other parents because postpartum can be lonely and very um, isolating. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's facts. Like, I think one of the things that I wish I knew during my postpartum journey is one, how lonely it would be, like you said, And I think that my postpartum journey definitely caught me off guard. It started off really great. And then it went really bad, really fast. And then I was like, oh my God. And I think, I don't actually think I've ever talked about this out loud. I think what, well, rather publicly, I should say, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I know I ran into um, was I didn't, I can't believe I'm saying this. I didn't have like, suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. but it was more like I felt like I was at the end like I just felt like what more is there for me to give but I think a lot of that also stemmed from the fact that um I went through a lot of trauma during my pregnancy Mm -hmm. before my pregnancy after my pregnancy like a lot of my postpartum journey became that because that my you know my child's father he made me feel bad for speaking up about what he did to me so mm-hmm. I just felt like all the odds were stacked against me. Like, yes, I had people in my corner. Yes, I had people that supported me. But still, like, it's kind of hard to, you know, the one person that you're really looking for support from really giving you, like, a ton of shit. And it was just like, I, I'm i like, wow, like, I literally just birthed your whole child, bro. <laughs> and this is how you doing me. Like, this is crazy. So I definitely, yeah. definitely want to, like, talk about how real that is I think a lot of people I feel like I just went right in oh my god but I feel like a lot of the time like (laughs) people underestimate that that is a real thing I mean I think I've spoken to multiple clients that I have and a lot of people have very similar feelings about 
not necessarily in regards to like the dynamics of their relationships, but more specifically to the feeling of like, oh my God, we're never going to get to like, and this is at maybe six weeks or two months. Like Mm -hmm. we're never going to get to six months. How are we going to get to six months? And then you get to six months and it's like, we're never going to get to a year. How are we going to get like, what, what does a year look like if this is six months? And it it sort of like continues on. And even when you're at a year, two years, oh my God. And it all comes so fast. It's, It's so quick. And because babies grow and develop so much over the course of one year, even, it, it's hard to kind of grapple with the fact that not only are you facilitating all of this growth and you're sort of responsible for making sure that these things happen, but you're taking care of yourself as well. And you're responsible for you too. And not to mention if you are going back to work at a certain period of time and things very quickly start to compact on your mental or on just like your brain but also like your mental health and how you're able to handle all of that um and if you have the appropriate support because i mean that shit is fucking hard it's hard it's hard it's hard work and unfortunately we do not have any not gonna say we don't have any systems but we don't have a lot of systems and our societal structure is not set up in the way to where post support that they need there's a lot of work and a lot of like digging around for resources and a lot of money that comes out of pocket and a lot of the postpartum support that people need. And I'm not just talking about doulas, I'm talking about pelvic floor PT, chiropractics, um, any specialty care. If your child, uh, something that me and some of my other doula friends have been noticing is that a lot of babies have tongue ties and like all of that, like going to ENT and having an IBCLC on hand, like all this stuff, which IBCLC is an international board certified lactation consultant. All that stuff is expensive. And if your insurance doesn't cover it, I mean, it's almost like you're screwed. That's a fact. That's definitely a fact. I think that, yeah, it's like everything related to kids is and just babies, period, especially babies, because mm-hmm. like the growth is so um, it's so fast. Right. I think people tend to forget the financial part. I think that sometimes people are like, yes, like I want children, but they don't think of the finances. That that was actually <laughs> that was actually a thing with me and Rayvon. Like mm. he was like, Alicia, money, but you gotta keep in mind he's a Capricorn, so there's that. But he's always <laughs> talking about money. But I was like, bro, we're fine. We both have very good paying jobs. Our child will never be without. So like, what is the problem? I think that being overprepared is not necessarily a bad thing, mm-hmm. but also no matter how many children you have, it's like when you know that you start to have children, you're going to move differently. I think that people tend to overthink being overprepared, but there's nothing wrong with being overprepared, especially financially, because of all of these things that are needed to make sure that your child is fully supported or like receives the best and things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. The one thing I will say is that if anyone is planning to have children, um, or have even start like, or have children now or have babies or little ones. Um, if, you, if you're doing okay financially, make sure you have the physical and tangible support that you need. Yeah, Babies are able to, they're very resilient people and they're able to kind of thrive and survive in almost any circumstance. Whereas 
we, as the adults who are responsible for them, we aren't always like that. And a lot of times we need the additional support, whether it be mentally, physically, like in-home support where we need someone to come and clean up. We need someone to kind of help and like take the baby so we can take a nap or whatever the things that you may need. All of that shit like really adds up and weighs on you. So if you can delegate, is that the word I'm looking for? And kind of, and I think it is, and and just kind of outsource those things. I think you would be better off and ultimately be a better parent for your child if you have the means to do so. Mm, that that's the ooh, that's the one. <laughs> I, I, listen, I have a lot of clients who are pretty okay financially, and they do not know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Y'all need help. <laughs> right. It's like, this is where I come in and save the day. Y'all, okay. y'all need help. Uh, like, who knows where it came but we got certifications. Come on. Like, and that trying to be, I'm not even trying to be shady. It's like, I'm, I'm glad you called because y'all need some help around here. Exactly. I think one of the things that I've run into the most, because I don't necessarily know. Actually, let me answer this before I even go into mm-hmm. this. What is the end cap for considering anything postpartum? Because I hear like, two I hear three years I'm like but is there like a cap for postpartum does that have a window no postpartum is forever you're always you're always postpartum after you whether you have a baby whether you miscarry whether whatever the circumstances may be if you are pregnant and are no longer pregnant you are postpartum got it Um, and so when we talk about the effects of postpartum and how people may not be properly taking care of themselves some people may know of family members who have, um, for lack of, I mean, I'm just going to be straight up about it, yeah. who may have prolapse and they're just popping it back in and they're like 60 years old and have never addressed the fact that they have a prolapse and they had their last baby 30 years ago. Mm, mm. And it's like, yeah, you're, That's still, you're still postpartum and your pelvic floor is probably in the trash. By the way, I would like to mention that People with penises, men, however you identify, y'all also have pelvic floors and you might want to seek some pelvic floor PT if things are feeling a little funky. Because <laughs> people think that the penis, penises, people with penises don't have pelvic floors and everybody has a pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's you're always postpartum, always. That's good. That's good to know. Like, I think... Damn, I, see, look, I got so in tune with what you were saying. I forgot what the fuck I was going to say. Damn. <laughs> but I think, I think for me, oh, there we go. I always end up talking about me and Rayvon somehow, some way. It, it, it just ends up happening. But I think a lot of my frustration with my parenting dynamic with him alone is the fact that, like you said before, uh, support is really essential. I think Rayvon kind of set the tone for me as far as like being able to ask for help and being comfortable with asking him for help. Man, if you saw him in the hospital versus who he is now, it's like a completely different person. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. In the hospital, he was so hands-on. He was like, nah, like you need to take a nap. I got Tyler. I'll only wake you up if she needs to nurse. It was so amazing. He was so consistent. Then things went left and I'm like, all right, whatever. I think how he moved within our personal relationship trickled down to our co-parenting dynamic and for me co-parenting which is something that he wanted to have happen it's I say it's similar to our romantic relationship because he could separate himself whenever he wanted to and did not care 
about like the repercussions of that, right? There were times where like I wanted to call him and be like, it would be really great if he could just take Tyler for an extra day mm -hmm. so I can get some sleep. And that wasn't possible. The thing is, like, when we were good and we were communicating, like, you know, I support you and, like, everything you do. You know, I really want to be there for you. So if you ever need some time off from watching Tyler, you know, being mom, like, he was like, it's okay for you to just be yourself. I was like, wow, like, where has this been? But God forbid some shit goes left. It's every man for himself. And I share my story because things like this do happen and things like this are, you know, the reason why I think, Support is so, so essential. I i am an advocate for, I mean, I think anybody should be like this, kids or not. I'm an advocate for making sure that you have a tribe. Someone that you know that you, if something were to happen to you and yeah. like your family couldn't do anything, you need to have people that you can rely on to take care of and nourish your child along with you if you are absolutely not able to. I think that surrounding yourself with the right people is very important. For me, like support, my parenthood journey, my motherhood journey, especially like you were just saying postpartum, that's why I, I asked that question. It's because for me, support has always looked like, you know, acts, I think this is also why acts of service is my number one love language, because I'm not the type of person to ask for support. So it's very hard for me to be like, yo, I need to go to the store by myself. Can you watch my daughter for me? I, I hate bothering people because I know everybody has their own lives, but I think my postpartum journey has been so difficult because I, I, I don't know how to ask for support. I don't know how to ask for help. And then when I ask for help, it's really hard. And I think a lot of that stems back to my relationship with Rayvon. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to get support because I don't know if he's mad at me or not. And there's so many little factors that have made my postpartum journey what it is. I've, I've definitely felt like very alone in mine. And I've never not felt alone, like even with support. There are days where I'm like looking at my house and I'm like, I really need to fucking clean. Yeah. And like, but the thing is, I'm in mom mode and cleaning. And then I look back at the trail stuff that I've cleaned and it's a mess already. I'm like, God damn, like if someone could just like watch my child for a little bit so I could tend to the home. There's so many elements and I feel like I was just rapping and talking your ear off. But like, no, I, no. I, I mean, you created a perfect segue for me to talk about the postpartum collective. Oh my God, perfect. Yes, that was actually like my first question. So let's tap into it. Yes. Um, Tell us about your brand. So, um, the or brands rather. Well, so yeah, the postpartum, well, I'll get into the postpartum collective first. The postpartum collective is a project that me and my friend Katie, she started it and brought me on and it's been the develop a major development in our relationship, but we work very closely together and basically what it is, as I mentioned before, it's an online community of parents based in the DMV, but not specific to the DMV. And so it's to create community where people typically don't have it. And like you were saying, postpartum can be very isolating and, feel, and a lot of feelings of loneliness and that I'm the only person going through this. No one else understands what I'm going through or how I'm feeling. When in all actuality, most people who are postpartum feel generally the same things. And so what we've created is a space for people to kind of chat on a weekly basis about what's going on. Sometimes there's very specific conversations that we have um, based on the needs of the group and just asking like probing questions and see how everyone is doing. But a lot of times it's just checking in and seeing how has your week been? How's the, like, what's the newest development thing? And these groups are built around 
the age of the baby. So they're all typically the same ages. We want to make sure that everyone is very similar. Not, I'm not going to say in politics per se, but in being anti-racist and actively wanting to be better people, um, but also being realistic about the things that are going on in their lives and holding their truths while they're expressing their concerns. And so we just want a very... Um, realistic approach to parenting support groups that are also doula-led. Um, Katie is also a doula. She's a birth and postpartum doula based in DC. And it's a little bit different from some of the other support groups that may be facilitated by professionals or just other parents. Um, most of them are like identify as moms. But we have that kind of professional standpoint where in the sense of like, we understand what's happening in people's homes because we work with people in their homes. I may understand more realistically what's happening and what the dynamic is, even if I'm not in your home, because I'm not your pediatrician where I'm only with you 30 minutes at a time. I'm probably with you to four to eight hours at a time. So I see what's happening. I understand what's going on. I Get the, you, like I know it's hard for you to get the baby down or that the your milk is doing this or this is not happening because I've seen it before. And sometimes we have our clients in those circles as well. So I've worked directly with you. I got you. Okay. See, now I have like a lot of questions. <laughs> so I'm so excited you segued into this because I know that you just said like, okay, it's based on the DMV, but it's not limited to the DMV. I do like right. that it's online too. My question is... Through your experience so far with the Postpartum Collective and One by One Postpartum, what would you say is the greatest need or like a reoccurring theme that you see in the DMV? Okay. Um, and just for clarity, One by One Postpartum is my company for yes. for my postpartum support that I do with families individually. And Postpartum Collective is the project that I have with Katie. The one thing that I see the most in this area is... A lot of people who have focused a lot of their energy and efforts on their professional careers and have no idea how children function. They've had little to no interaction with actual infants. They've seen like six-month-olds and eight-month-olds and one-year-olds, but they've never actually been around and seen a baby, like a real alien squishy bean baby. They're like, I don't know what to do. The baby, like, I let the baby sleep for five hours, and it's like you can't do that with a five with a two week old. Can't let your God. sleep for five hours. You have to wake them up. You have to make sure they're eating. You have to make sure if you're going to be nursing and breast or chest feeding that you are feeding them on in a timely manner because so many things can go out of whack. And if you plan on nursing long term then you're screwing yourself up in the long run for your, your milk supply. Mm. And so just so, so many other things of not just people being anxious and uncertain about whether or not they have the right gadgets or the right things. Please don't get me started on the snoo. <laughs> oh, Lord. I think I know what that is. It's like the hottest thing on the market. And it's it's a bassinet. And they say that babies can, can sleep in it for up to six months, but it's not... It's not even safe for babies to sleep in it up to six months. You can maybe do it until they're three months old. But if your baby is rolling over, then you're not supposed... If your baby is able to roll over, you shouldn't be swaddling them. And the whole concept of the snoo is swaddling a baby and then the crib rocks them all night long. Got it. Oh, yes. That one. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've never had that for Tyler, but I ha that's why I was like, I feel like I know what that is. Yeah. So thank you. Okay, cool. 
it's a it's a whole company and they have books and people read the books and snoo is mentioned in the books and so people buy or rent or even like borrow the snoo from friends it's a whole thing but anyway i digress on the snoo <laughs> <laughs> the point is um of course uh people want gadgets and they want they want being a parent to an infant to be easy. And unfortunately, being a parent to an infant is everything but. And there's no cut cards to being a parent to an infant. It's fucking hard. It's challenging. And if you haven't done it before, there's nothing like it. Absolutely. And especially if you've given birth to this baby, which was actually the hardest thing that you'll ever physically do. Um, between that and your recovery, that's just adding fuel to the fire in regards to like sleep deprivation and just being exhausted and all the things. And so it's, it's nothing but hard. Even if you've had an easy time of like nursing or any of the, or they like were relatively easy on you with sleep, it's still hard. Absolutely. That's a fact. I think for me, what worked out in my favor is that I my sisters are younger than me two of my sisters are younger than me mm -hmm. so i was shown very early what taking care of a baby looks like i've seen what pregnancy looks like because courtney courtney's only five years younger than me so i'm like you know like that's one thing but we were the main two especially when our parents were at work like taking care of her we knew her needs because our mom taught us what to do and i think even just as preteens, teenagers, and we're taking care of a little person. Like mm -hmm. people really, like you said, people don't understand or rather people try to make it seem like it's supposed to be the easiest thing in the world. And it's not. Yeah. yeah at the end of the day, like this is a little person. This is a life. I knew that being a mom was my life's work. I knew that was my purpose, my sole purpose to be a mother yeah. and to create you know, and make my, you know, my mark in my family with creating my own legacy through my children. I knew coming into it, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I knew no matter what it looked like for me, I knew that I wasn't, I wasn't going to be the mother that relied on the gadgets. I wasn't going to be the mother that was like, oh my God, my child is always on me. I think that having that connection, especially that physical connection is so important. And I'm not knocking anybody that does mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah like i mean and, and i don't want anyone to get this confused with like if you need gadgets and tech and things right. like that to help support you or you feel like that's the best fit for your family have at it i'm not anti most things <laughs> right right right, right. Um, exactly and i think even if you were to use something like the snoo you just have to be smart about how you're going about doing things because sometimes kind of i'm not going to say cheating but and I'm using that term very loosely, but kind of taking cutting corners with certain things may shoot you in the foot later on. Um, and I've, I've seen that happen multiple times just with many different things with clients. You know, my point is everyone can't or doesn't want to, and that's fine, do postpartum or having a child a certain way or any specific way and do what works best for you. Right. But also I want to make sure that people understand that Make sure you're very informed about the decisions that you're making. Sometimes it's easier to do things in the front on the front on the front end and then not realize what's going to happen later on. Um, and so just make sure that you're seeking out information so that you're well informed about the decisions that you're making and so that you can make them with a good conscience, I guess. I'm right there with you. Like you said, do what you gotta do. Cause look, there are a couple times I've had some whip out some gadgets, so I'm not against it. But it's more <laughs> like I try to make sure that I was well versed and well informed. Mm -hmm. And the thing about parenthood too is that it's always adjusting. Like you're always going to have to add 
something new. You're going to take away something. You're going to need more support. I'm I'm really glad you you said that. What made you want to become a doula? So, do you remember? I'm sure you do. Do you remember when you had your event and it was time to clean up? And yes. Tyler was sleeping. Who was she sleeping on? Your mom? I think so. But she and, gravitated towards you. And I was like, I'll take her. And we, I sat with her for like a half an hour while everybody else cleaned up. Mm-hmm. That is what grabbed <laughs> That That is how. Not that particular story, but that's been the entirety of my life. Um, even when I was like 10. So I was raised, raised Catholic and went to church every Sunday. And even being like 10, 11, 12 years old, I, first of all, I was 12 years old and still playing with baby dolls and like, like actual baby dolls with the carrier and yeah. I had to put them, I was putting them in the back seat and clicking them in like the whole nine. Um <laughs> like I was just really into babies when I was little and people were like, oh you're good you're good with babies. You're good with kids. So I would be the person who people be like, oh here watch so and so during mass. And they would just sit with me and I would entertain them and take them downstairs and change diapers and the whole like all of it. Um, and even as far up to before I went to college. So for whatever reason, my school started later in the fall. I didn't go off to college until the end of October. And so I babysat for my neighbor who had three kids and I babysat an infant. By the time I left, she was 10, 11 months old and was crawling up the steps. But like I helped through her teething and like introducing solids. Um, there was a three-year-old, I believe she was three at the time. And then she had a seven-year-old and I was helping him do homework. I was giving the three-year-old dinner and I was giving the infant bottles. I went on to college and actually I was, I went to college for fashion merchandising and management. I was like a little fashion shorty in, in college, went to New York, did the whole, the whole thing and was working in retail, which funny enough, when you were working at Sugarfina, yeah. Fina. Um, we worked in the same mall. And I, that is my cat. And so yeah, like we were we were talking about your postpartum then. And then my sister had a baby. I went and worked at two other jobs in retail. I worked my way up to ma to managing a store and put down, I decided I was gonna be a birth doula, put down my deposit for a training. One week later was fired from my job. Wow. And the timing. And was applying for applying for positions that I was overqualified for, jobs that I had already done, jobs that I was maybe underqualified for, but still had like, you know, enough skill to take the job. And I maybe had like five interviews over the course of that summer. I know that's right. Um, but over the course of the summer, like it was I was getting nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Um, and then I went to a picnic that went to this picnic that was hosted by the person who did the birth training, um, birth doula training and met Katie. And she was like, you should do postpartum work, which funny enough, when I found out what a doula was two or three years prior, I was like, I want to be a postpartum doula and completely forgot about it. And at this point, like the rest of it is history. I did my postpartum doula training. Um, signed a contract with an agency in the area, which I, who I no longer work for, and have been a postpartum doula ever since 2019. It's crazy. It, and I was like, the, and now, like maybe a year ago, I was like, oh, this was just a setup. 
this whole thing was a setup. <laughs> right. Um, because I said that I wanted to do this thing and like very passively, not thinking that it was actually gonna happen. And here I am doing it and like doing pretty well financially in regards to like not being in debt, I guess. <laughs> right. It's just strange. I've been saying this a lot lately. Like the things that are for you, the people that are for you will come to you when it's time the more you stay grounded you know the more you invest in yourself the more you prioritize yourself and get yourself to where you want to be whether or not you're applying a lot of pressure you know right. it's like it will always find you when it's meant to and i think that once you step into your power and what is meant for you your soul's purpose nobody can take it away from you and nobody can tell you a fucking thing the funny thing is so right before i went to college someone at my my church was like I'm surprised you don't want to be a teacher because you're so good with children. And I was like, ew, gross. <laughs> I was like, I don't be no damn teacher. And then even when I was unemployed, my dad was like, PG County is doing like signing bonuses for teachers. And I was like, I'm not meant to be a teacher. Okay. I don't know why you want me to be a teacher, but I'm not meant to be a teacher. And then somehow ended up basically being a nanny for one of my clients who <laughs> my my one of my favorite little babies um her birthday is the day before mine and I've been working with these clients for like a year and a half but she'll be two in April and I'm like oh <laughs> okay maybe not maybe not a teacher but I was kind of subbing as a nanny for a little bit it's funny how people see things and you're like I'm gonna do this and then right. like, oh here I am foot in my mouth <laughs> and you know what it's all good. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not. I'm still not a teacher. In, right. In that yeah, regard, in cause, school, but I do be teaching parents how to basically be parents in a way. As I as I say in consultations, I am your I'm your IT support for your child. I do nothing but simply troubleshoot your situation. Wow, that's a great way to put it. That is a great way to put it. I like that it's a truth. lot, actually. Because they're like, <laughs> "What does this mean? What is this?" And uh, I don't know everything. If your baby goes, man, I don't know what that means. I don't speak baby, but <laughs> right, I, but I, can do, I do know, I do know, I do know how to read cues and I know what I'm looking for, where if you don't know what you're looking for and you don't know what you're doing, how do you even go about approaching it? Exactly. I remember like back in like November and I was doing my, my small business Saturday features and all of that. And I know that I mentioned you mm -hmm. and one of the things that really like touched me the most and I've highlighted a lot with you is that you all are trauma informed. I feel like in the last few years, a lot of relationships seem to have a lot of trauma impacting their parenting or their co-parenting dynamic and I'm one of those people unfortunately that have had <laughs> that unfair card dealt to them but mm -hmm. I want to ask how does that impact the services is it received well by your clients what do you do to help support them during that I think first of all understanding that we're not always privy to our clients information we're meeting them in a very tender place and so a lot of times even just getting information about the day-to-day -day is, is very challenging, um, partially because people are sleep deprived or they have forgotten or the day is just fuzzy. And so understanding that your client is not going to tell you their life story before you work with them. And a lot of times we're meeting them when shit has already hit the fan. And so treading carefully and making sure that you're just treating people with respect and understanding that anything can be a sensitive subject and not in the sense of like, 
babying people, but just being receptive to whatever they bring to the table and how they're presenting at the moment. Yeah. Um, and keeping in mind that a, a lot of people right now, especially are functioning with anxiety and fear of many things um, and just a lot of uncertainty. And so that can amplify the reactions or just kind of standpoints that people have, especially when it comes to maybe um, trauma that they've experienced. And so although it may be challenging at times, and that's like person to person, just trying to understand that everyone is coming from a different perspective and just being open and receptive to how people present themselves. And I think also um, being <laughs> being actively aware of not trying to be offensive and yeah. cradling people in whatever they're doing or whatever they're feeling at the moment is really important to me. No, I get that for sure. It's like triggers are a thing. And I think we've said this a couple of times too, like just meeting people where they are. Mm -hmm. Like that's so, that's so important. Like 100%. And it also helps, it definitely helps to be self-aware and to understand that like, I'm not always going to be right. I'm not always going to do everything the quote unquote right way. And because I have been blessed to have anxiety, um, (laughs) I'm very aware in the moment even of, when I could have said something or approached something differently, or maybe I could have did that a little bit differently. Or um, I'm aware that maybe someone responded um, a little bit unexpectedly. And so just being aware of how you're presenting yourself and how you may be perceived, but also um, being understanding and trying to understand where people are coming from. 100%. And I would say my final question in regards to this before we tap into anything else would be, what has been the most rewarding and the most challenging parts of your journey so far? I would say one of the most challenging is that being a doula doesn't necessarily have a handbook. And so... It's, it's very multifaceted. Unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, it's becoming a little bit more mainstream. And one of the issues with that, funny enough, um, something I saw maybe about a month ago at this point, was someone on Instagram foolishly saying that being a doula is a great way to make money with little to no front-end investment. Wow. And it's like, if that's why you want to be a doula, sweetheart, you are in the wrong business. Being a doula is hard. Um, and that's whether you're a postpartum doula, an abortion doula, a, a death doula, a birth doula. Like this shit is challenging and it is not for people to try to come in and make money and profit off of other people's like stressors in life. Like being a doula is essentially assisting someone transition through a life altering situation. And so, understanding that and knowing the the space that you take up and how the dynamic is can be very uneven and there is a power dynamic there um coming into this work and thinking that you're about to make a quick buck is foolish and it's irresponsible and it's I could argue whether or not it's morally and ethically wrong all of that to say that Shit, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. um, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no guide to this. And although there is mentorships and people who can um, kind of help you through this, there's no one there to tell you how to how to do this, right? Like, 
in, in a lot of other career paths, there's kind of a clear cut way of how to be a lawyer. There's a clear cut way on how to be a doctor. Whereas this, you do your training and it's up to you. And the same thing with the business aspect is like you're kind of left out here in the wind in regards to how to do your own taxes on how to kind of pull things together and how to take take out taxes from your pay because no one else is doing that for you. And so I, I will say that that is the most challenging is that there's not necessarily a clear path on how to be a doula. In regards to some of the more rewarding aspects, um, I think ultimately getting text messages in from clients and hearing from clients that I was helpful and that they've seen I guess, tangible results, if you will, quote unquote results on um, information that I've given them, them feeling more informed about decisions that they're making. And then ultimately, of course, seeing pictures of toddlers is always great. I mean, they're the cutest little things. And in my one particular situation, being able to still work with my client who now has an almost two-year-old, she'll be two uh, in almost a month. It's so fun. I babysit for them occasionally and it's I do it for fun. <laughs> it's because right. I love them and it's that's that's my girl. I love that. Oh, that makes my heart so full. Yay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and tap into you. We're gonna okay. transition real quick. Okay. I one thing I really like to ask my guests when they come on, especially mm-hmm. with how busy life is and whatever they're doing in life, whatever like I was saying before their soul's purpose is, is self-care. Self-care has been a reoccurring theme mm-hmm. with everyone that comes on the show. So I want to ask you what self-care looks like to you, especially with the nurturing that you do as a doula. So first and foremost, I am no by no means a professional in self-care, even when it comes to myself. I will say that one of the things that has been really important for me con- relatively consistently over the years in regards to working a sort of customer service-based job yeah. has always been just quiet time to a degree of like not talking to people. Even if I'm just watching TV or like doing whatever, not talking to people. And I kind of protect that. Although it does kind of affect you financially to live alone. That's one of the things that is just really important to me. It's like, I just, I have to. (laughs) I'm right there with you. I like my schedule quite tight. (laughs) Another thing that is a little bit more recent in regards to self-care is antidepressants. Yeah, that has shit has hit the fan recently and not saying that I'm falling apart. But um, one thing that I noticed was that I've had anxiety for almost as long as I can remember. I specifically remember having my first anxiety attack in the fifth grade. Fortunately enough, they aren't very common, but I have had probably about like seven of them over the years. But I do have so I do have social anxiety. And so Being able to manage that has been relatively easy or I've kind of gotten to a baseline where managing it has become easy or kind of like a default for me. However, over the course of the pandemic and spending a lot of time alone against what I typically do um, has been challenging and then also the subsequent depression with that. And so I was like, oh, it's time. This is getting bad and it's affecting how I'm able to work not just on the back end, but also working with clients. That has been something that I've made a point to advocate for myself is to start a me- start medication. Yeah. Other things that I like to do, other things that I like to do, I just 
try to make time to see friends and kind of get, I have to get out the house. As much as I like being alone, I also like being around people that I love and enjoy. Yeah. Um, and so that is a form of self-care as well for me. Since COVID, it's been a little bit challenging for me to try to navigate being safe and careful for the sake of my job and like the clients that I care for and care about. But I, I do want to kind of get back into visiting museums and maybe traveling a little bit more. Not I, Y'all can't convince me to get on an airplane yet. I'm sorry. Right. No, so I'm, I'm going to be on that Amtrak. Um, And so, you know, just trying to figure out ways that feel comfortable, but also like realizing that I have to push myself as well to take the opportunities to relax and make sure that I'm challenging myself in that way to kind of step out of my comfort zone. Um, especially acknowledging my anxiety in that way. Yeah, I feel you. I think that COVID for me, it changed me as a person tremendously. I don't think I've ever been more, I feel like I'm in a better place now, but for the first like year of COVID, Mm -hmm. the full year, I don't think I've ever been more like anxious and on edge in my life. I'm very much a busybody, but I think what it came down to for me was it forced me to get back in touch with myself Mm-hmm. And like, and I saw the parts of myself that I was like either overcompensating for, or I wasn't nurturing myself enough. Anxiety was a really big one. Depression was a really big one. And I talk about it all the time on here or often on here. And it's like, I literally had to pull myself out of it to get to where I needed to be today. Yeah. And like, it's not the easiest journey. And like you said, like, I don't think there's any handbook to self-care, no matter how much mm-hmm. fucking self-help books you read. Like, if you look at the books on my shelf, they're all about like self-improvement because I'm a fucking Virgo. <laughs> it's really just a matter of you have to make a conscious effort and choice. And some days self-care looks like really sitting in your feelings about like whatever is going on really acknowledging and embracing it and what I like to do I don't give myself more than 24 to 48 hours to feel anything negative if I'm really feeling away once we hit that 72 hour mark something ain't right self-care for me is like I was saying before my scheduled quiet time because I feel like I'm always on go I feel like I get overstimulated very easily and I've also noticed that my social meter drains very fast so Mm -hmm. I'm like Look, I love to be around my people, don't get me wrong, but the moment my social media is drained, I got to go into like hibernation for like a week or two. And then I think COVID just makes it so hard because it's like you want to be safe, but you also want to enjoy yourself and live your life. Like you don't want to be restricted. That sounds like my brain on whether or not I should date. (laughs) Listen. That would be cute, but ew. Exactly. (laughs) I'd be like, do I really want to share my space with someone again? (laughs) The way that I had to, you know, the internets and Tinder and all the, the, what have you. Um, and I had two situations with two different people. And one of my friends was like, maybe you should get off of Tinder. Maybe Tinder's just not it for you. Cause you keep finding these very strange people. Um, and I was like, you think? (laughs) It's just like, no bitch is not working. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, it's just two strange people. Um, You know, there ain't nothing wrong with it. She's like, no, there's something wrong with that. She was like, why do you keep finding these odd folks? And I'm like, I don't know. Right. It's like, maybe like, it's like, look, you weren't supposed to mesh with me. And it's all good. Like, we good. You know, you stay on your side of the internet. I stay on mine. All I have to say is, is that, well, maybe this is not all I have to say. But what I will say about the last person that I matched with, 
Um, and then I deleted Tinder on my phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> is that I'm not, first of all, I'm, so as a queer person, I am just kind of navigating. And for whatever reason, I was like, let me, let me look at the men folk. Um, and so I, I matched with this guy. And I, I usually don't match with people who are in the military, judge your mom. And he ended up being in the military. And it just was not, I was like, S I think you need to go to therapy. Um, <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> within the first 30 minutes of us, like we were texting for some days and then we um, were like on a video chat. And I was like, oh, I think you need to go to therapy. And he was like, why? And I was like, well, you're, you're dumping. A lot you're like emotionally dumping on me and um it was something else that he was doing he was like well I thought we was cool I thought I could talk to you and I was like wait a minute sweetheart let me just get this together so yes we we can chat we can have a chit chat you know we can talk but we're getting to know each other and what you're not about to do is just dump all your shit on me and think that I'm supposed to like come up with solutions for your life because guess what that's what therapists do okay right and and also I get paid to do this with clients. Um, yeah, you telling me about your last girlfriend that was ten years ago and you was cheating on her and all this other shit. I don't. Oh. Mm -mm, I don't. I don't. I mean, See? you could you could have told me about that like in a couple weeks, but I just don't feel like that's appropriate today. Yeah, like especially if it's only been like three, four, five days. Yeah. And you know, when it comes to stuff like that, it's I feel like one and I'm glad you said the the dumping thing. And I think that's also why I don't vent as much anymore. Cause mm -hmm. I don't ever want to make anybody feel like that. And then also I've just become a, an intensely private person. So if I share anything, it's because I trust you. I do not trust a lot of people. I well, think one thing that's so important is asking if someone has either the mental or emotional capacity and space to hold space for you to share whatever is on your heart and mind. But like in this case, I think it's like, bro, yes, go to therapy. But also we just got started. The thing is, I don't have a, I don't have an issue with venting, but the difference between venting is dumping is venting is typically about something that happened recently. Right. And you telling me it, it well, and then there was a lot of, I don't understand why women do this and women do that. And I was like, Okay, so I don't know if you, like, didn't read my bio, <laughs> but what you're not going to keep doing is low-key implying that um, you only see me as a woman because I am not. And right. so I'm going to need you to, I like, acknowledge these they-them pronouns, this she-they situation. Right. And stop playing with me. Yeah, no. Okay, you know what? Let's tap into that, because I know we briefly talked about that, too. Mm -hmm. So... Okay. Have you run into that issue a lot? Because I know I have a lot of people in my life that have she, they, or he, they as mm -hmm. their pronouns. So is there any, I'm trying to figure out how I want to ask this question, but like, do you run into any issues often when it comes to that? Like, are there some people that just aren't willing to acknowledge or be receptive or even try when it comes to that? I haven't really had that problem. Okay. And that's definitely not to say that people don't do that. I will say that even with clients who may not be as well-versed or don't really experience people with what could be considered as quote-unquote alternative pronouns or just pronouns that are not based on how they like express themselves visually, 
I, ha I haven't really had a, any pushback on my pronouns. I will say that I have not openly shared my pronouns with my family for that particular reason. Got I'm it. just not willing to deal with that right now. But in regards to like friends and socially, I think the same way that my invoices say Kristen and when I'm introducing myself, it says, Chris, you follow what I told you, not what it says. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because like if I'm making, because it's like a boundary, especially, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I think it's so, and what I love too about society right now is that everyone is becoming more open and more receptive. Right. One thing I appreciate is when people, like you said, aren't necessarily well versed, but they are willing to learn and understand. I feel mm -hmm. like once that happens, then good things can come from that. I, I think I get disappointed with society, with people that just really don't give a fuck. They're like, but you were born this. Why would you do that? And it's like, it, it, first of all, they didn't got shit to do with you. First and foremost, like let's let's talk about that. But literally it's because people are becoming more comfortable with their identities and they want to be acknowledged and seen as such. And I think that when you don't respect somebody's pronouns, it's like, you don't see me. You don't respect me. You get what I'm saying? I just feel like people don't care. Yeah. And I mean, I can go into a whole thing about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, it's just like, just do what I asked you to do. That's it. It's, yeah. it's really not that deep. If you said your name was Hank and I start calling you Billy, you will probably have an issue with that. So don't play with me. I mean, it's just not Billy. that simple. Just do what people say. And like, how do you know what I was born as and who I am and any of that shit? Like, don't, yeah. why are you trying to, argue? I know me better than you know me. So how about you just listen to what I'm asking you to do and we won't have no problems. That spoken like a true tourist. Come on. It's, <laughs> it's really not a problem. But then when I start disrespecting you, I'm an issue. I'm just trying to figure it out. And if anybody knows the Taurus, it's just like they don't, don't say no shit. Don't poke the bull. Just <laughs> just do as I say. Or that's it. Period. I'm exactly. not. I'm not asking for much, and maybe I am. But guess what? Oh wow! <laughs> right, like it's not about you. It's about me. Period. Like too bad. That's okay. it. That's all. <laughs> so yeah it just mm -mm. and so i anyway the, the dual attender i told him that um he it was very clear that i was expected to do a lot of emotional labor and that um it was also very clear that he um applies respectability politics respectability politics um, in his interactions with women and femmes, and it also plays out in how he has sex with them, and I'm not interested in that. Right. And then he asked me, why was I expected to do emotional labor, and if I could please expand on the whole part about respectability politics, and I was like, no. <laughs> no, because that no. opens a completely different door to a completely different conversation. No. He's not ready to go down that road. I'm not talking to you no more. And I feel like, well, first of all, Gemini's are scammers. Sorry. Yes. Um, Gemini's are scammers. And I would like to say shout out to Katie, who, again, as I mentioned, is my business partner. And she, too, is a scammer. And I tell her that almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I found out this person was a scammer, I told him to his face that he was a scammer. He was like, you keep thinking I'm a scammer. And I'm like, because you are. And that's okay. But I will say, <laughs> this is funny because it's 
So I'm a Taurus sun, um, Pisces moon in Virgo rising. I, I'm always falling, not, and I'm not saying like romantically falling in love with, but falling in love with the Virgo. I love a Virgo and we get, we get along very well. I mean, we're both earth signs, so there's that, but like always a Virgo somewhere. I'm like, mm, that's why I like you. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I get you, we get each other. Exactly. Um, one of my longest, one of my friends who we've been friends with for, I've been friends with her for almost 10 years is a Virgo. And she was like, you always get me. And I'm like saying, <laughs> I love it. Um, and then yeah, Pisces. I, I love a Pisces. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who I'm always like, mm, yeah, I get that. I see why we click. Mm, Cancers. I do. I, I I've had some pretty some pretty solid like Cancer people around. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. One thing that's really important to me is like tapping into you. I like for people to know who you are behind your brand and what you do. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's do a little bit of something, right? <laughs> Would you ever date or be involved with anybody that has children? I think it kind of goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about. <laughs> so Ooh. would you do that? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's challenging for me to kind of answer that question because yeah. I think it would depend on the dynamics of their situation, their relationship with their kids. Um, but also if they have sole custody of their children, if they have like if it's a co-parenting situation where the children live with the other parent, it mm -hmm. depends on the dynamic of things. Because as I mentioned, um, kind of having quiet and alone time is very important for me. But then also like I work with babies and sometimes children every day. And so there would be no like cutoff for me. And sometimes it's very challenging for me. I get that. Um, which is one of the reasons why I'm, kind of teetering on the line of not wanting to have children because a lot of what I see in the foreseeable future <clears throat> involves working with infants and families and community-based shit. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to come home to that type of um, like responsibility and needs, like yeah. more, more people who have needs that are, are, and they're dependent on me. My, my cat has been more than enough <laughs> in that regard. And so I'm, yeah, it would just really depend on the situation. That makes a lot of sense. And I just feel like that's a reoccurring thing with Tauruses. Like y'all really like your time to yourself and you do not <laughs> like to not to make it about astrology but like i'm just i'm surrounded by tourists and you are one of them <laughs> so it's like i've noticed with all of you you need your time to yourself yeah you do not like that to be interfered especially when it involves being quiet <laughs> like y'all need to like disassociate for some time before you can really be like all right cool let's go so i get it completely <laughs> yeah you know you can call that selfish or however people want to perceive that but i just know where my meter is and i really have to respect that the same way that i my friend um one of my friends she's like you are a high sleep needs person and i was like i don't agree with that but then i was like damn i do be sleeping a lot <laughs> i do just be passing out on this couch for three hours um in the middle of the day and then we'll happily go to bed at a decent time and wake up the next day at the time that I was already going to wake up. It's not like I'm waking up at five o'clock. No, I'm going to sleep till good 930. 
it's just, I think for me, it's just understanding myself and like respecting the fact that I've been relatively alone. I'm an only child. Well, not necessarily. I have three older sisters, but I'm an only child in regards to how I was raised and like I'm my mom's only child. So, right. You know, I, if anybody knows me, it's me. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of that, what keeps you grounded or who keeps you grounded? Hmm. That's a very interesting question. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I first of all I want to shout out to my to my doula friends. Um, they definitely, in regards to like work and anything kind of like doula related or birth worker related, they definitely keep me grounded. And sometimes you need to just check in with people who know what it's like to have your job. Um, and do what you do, especially when what you do is not um, not common. For example, if you're a teacher, it's just nice to talk to other teachers because they get it the way that other people don't. Or a lawyer or a surgeon even. And even the same, like I know there's a lot of like Facebook groups for small business owners and stuff like that. Like other people just won't get it. So I definitely, I definitely would say that they keep me grounded in that regard. And even with some of the stuff that goes on outside of work, like we're ac we're actually friends, and so they know me pretty well and well enough to be like, mm, that ain't it for you. That's not that's not what you want. That's not gonna work for you. Right. Um, and I would say the same thing for some of my friends that I either consider family or friends that I would hands down call like sisters or siblings of mine. They definitely kind of keep me in check because they've known me for at least like seven, eight, nine, ten years. I would say like checking in with my mom sometimes. I mean, I think we're very different people. My mom is a Scorpio. Uh, lol y'all sister signs that makes sense <laughs> my, <laughs> the words yeah my mom is a scorpio oh funny enough i was raised by uh, a scorpio and a virgo oh wow <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah my mom is a scorpio and so um we are different people in a lot of different areas but she still kind of gets me and can kind of check in with me and be like mm, no that that it no no right um, especially when I be wilding sometimes. But yeah, I definitely say the people that are closest to me and then also my intuition. Yeah. I just be knowing. I really just be knowing sometimes. And then I be like, damn, you should listen to that thought because you you knew. <laughs> right. It's like you definitely knew. I was just talking about that on my last episode. My intuition, I listen to her when people and situations and things but when it comes to dumb shit like when i gotta go to the store i'll be like you know what i might be low on coffee at home but i could be wrong i don't know and then i come home you know and the what? jar is empty and then i gotta go and i'm like damn it i should have listened to my gut i be doing the same damn thing you know how many times healthy me be at the store talking about oh we not gonna get no chips this time healthy and like Go green me, be like, don't get no chips because that bag can't be recycled and it's just gonna go into the landfill and this and that. Because I looked at the I looked at the county's like recycling chart on their website and it's downloaded on my phone. Love that. <laughs> you know? Love that. And I'm like, don't get this and don't get that. And then as soon as I get home, you know what I want? A chip. <laughs> I want a little a little chip. <laughs> I want a chip. I want a brownie. I want an ice cream. And so uh, uh, oh, but let me meet somebody and I'd be like, mm, I don't like them. I do not like them. 
And it's like, oh, what's wrong? What's oh, tell me the tea. I don't know. I don't know what the tea is. I don't know. I don't know nothing about them, but I know I don't like them. Yes. I'll, I'll chat with you, but it's gonna be it's gonna be brief because I'm not really trying to get to know you. I just know I already know I don't like you. Right. Right, and I, be, I don't be having time for no shit like that. I'd be like, mm, that's a waste of my energy. <laughs> Absolutely not. I got a pretty good score with that. Wow. I'll tell people. I didn't told a friend I didn't like her cousin's new girlfriend. I didn't told, <laughs> told some friends we met. It was like a friend of a friend that we met at a bar. And I was like, I don't like her. I don't be liking a whole bunch of people. People be like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'm just telling you I don't like them. And so if you proceed, proceed with caution. Or don't listen to me. But just know, at the end of the day, I told you ass, I didn't like him. And I be right. So if you don't want to listen, that's on you. That part. People don't be listening, but you know, you just got to let them do their thing. I, I'm guilty of being one of those people that is going to do what they're going to do. But life has taught me that I cannot be doing that. So <laughs> that's why I lean on my intuition. I be like, bitch. I hear you and I got you. And then everything unfolds and I'm like, see, I knew. I knew. I be knowing shit before it happens. I'm like, nah, bruh. Not that gave into the future. Okay. Sometimes I can. Like, I'm not going to lie. And I just be like, I just kind of like let life do its thing. And I wait for things to unfold. And then everything happens in front of me. And I be like, I knew this shit was going to happen. It's not even deja vu. Like, I literally <laughs> can see it. So I just be like, yeah, that ain't it, chief. That ain't it. I'm good. <laughs> like, I will. I will. <laughs> Not cheap. Oh my god. Okay, I just want to backtrack on this one more time because it's now an inside joke that I have my friends and this shit is so fucking funny. So the dude, the dude from Tinder, gonna text me one more to talk about Good Morning Champ. No, automatically not. Champ. No. Champ. Am I a sixteen-year-old boy? And I know I used to kind of look like one a little bit, but what you're not gonna do is play with me. What am I, a kid down at the uh, what was it, Big Brother, Big Sister of YMCA? What? <laughs> Champ. That is so disrespectful. What champ? No. So I want to run it back to what we originally started with, like, you know, what keeps you grounded, right? Mm -hmm. What would you say your idea of moral support is? I feel like you have a really important job a really important career so even if people can't support you in the ways that you need what does moral support look like to you i know that was like a huge switch of gears right moral <laughs> support listen i'm gonna keep it a buck with you i need physical support i need hands-on support the same way that it would be ideal to have someone come in with a postpartum family and be like i'm gonna do this for you i'm gonna show up for you or show up to your house physically and do these things for you because I know you need them to be done. That's the same way I need people to show up for me because I too have difficulty asking for help. I've gotten a little bit better about it, but I feel like because there are so many different areas where I could use support, it's challenging to continuously ask people for help all the time. I get that. Um, I think always when it comes to someone who has a small business or someone who's doing something independently, sharing their information is always extremely helpful. Whether you think that people that you know are going to need it or going to want it, you, you never know. And they may know someone or whatever the case may be. And so just sharing, sharing information that you have is, is always helpful. Especially when you're talking about doulas, I think the number one, the number one reason why I'm kind of, I'm getting booked out 
for the year. Um, like right now, I think I'm, I have the month of August is almost booked. It's from referrals from previous clients, from other doulas. It's from referrals. Acts of service mm -hmm. are literally so important to me. I, I can't stress enough how important that is. Like, I really, I really, really can't. I feel like a lot of people just tend to see you doing well. It's not even from a social media filter type of aspect. It's like, mm -hmm. they see that you're doing fine, but, and they assume that you have that shit down, like down packed. But there are times where it's like, no, like I actually literally need you to right. show up for me. So I can see that you really do give that much of a fuck. I really do need to see that you care about what I'm pouring myself into and that I'm putting my all into it. How can you support me? Mm -hmm. What What can you do to lighten that load? You know, I think, like you said, small business life. I think a lot of the time people think that shit is a breeze and it's not, okay? <laughs> You're literally, like, a lot of the time single-handedly managing that shit. Like, yeah. and then I think one of the issues I've run into, especially with mine, people are quick to be like, well, don't you, why can't you just hire somebody? I'd be like, did y'all forget that I have a kid? It's not, it's more than just, mm. you know, just a hiring somebody. People will contact me and like seek payment. People will be like, yeah, you should do an internship. Niggas want that shit to be paid. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I mean, not there yet. I did have a whole conversation about why internships should be paid, but. Exactly. And the thing is like, and if anybody's going to work for me, I want them to get paid. Right. That's a non-negotiable for me. I think for me, I'm the same way. It's like moral support is great. When it comes to my family outside of my intermediate family, for me personally, you don't have to shop with me to show that you support me. If you're my blood, you just telling people about my business is more than enough. Yeah. Cause like for me, once the finances come between family, it changes things. Literally sharing a post is enough for me. Beyond that, it's physically being there is important. And I'm so glad that you're doing so well. I love seeing you thrive in your element and doing what you love. I love that, like, yeah. <laughs> just the story that you shared earlier. I love that Tyler gravitated towards you. I'm like, okay, now that. Because Tyler <laughs> doesn't do that all the time. So, like, that's a huge deal. I'm like, see, now this... This is the content I signed up for. I was like, Not the content. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, this is what I love to see. I love that you are going to places and doing things through referrals and just by you being yourself. I think that's really important. I love spreading the word about you. I tell people that I know are having kids about you. I'd be like, mm -mm, go to Chris. Yes. Because like, I know you're going you gonna to get the job done. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm not trying to shit on y'all's providers or nothing, but some of these, some of these uh, providers be raggedy as hell. That's a I'm, fact. I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'm not just talking about like pediatricians or doctors or specialists. I'm talking about some of these doulas too, but I digress. The tea is hot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I feel you though. Because not everybody's built for it. Like you were saying at the very top of our conversation, a lot of people yeah. just don't do it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And you can always see, and I talk about this all the time. It's like, you can see when somebody puts their heart and soul into shit and when people are doing shit for clout and money. Like there's a soul difference in how you move, how you speak, it, it shows. And it doesn't matter what level you're on, small business or like super, super known, it's, it's noticeable. So it's like, look, the money may be good, but if your heart ain't in it, the money don't mean shit. Like it really doesn't. Just like anything else in life, our needs and desires and what we're interested and passionate about shifts. And I don't think, especially when it comes to birth work, that you should stay in it if you're not, if you're not passionate about it, or even if you just need a break, take the break. 
it's challenging. You're mentally and emotionally and physically supporting people in a way that a lot of other jobs don't. And so if you need to take a break or you need to, you need to step back, do that. And some people don't acknowledge the fact that that's what they need to do. One of the things that I've run into on my end when it comes to that is literally realizing when I have to take a step back. I feel like life forces me to take a step back when I'm overexerting myself. I honestly think that's like why I ended up spraining my ankle in my foot. Mm -hmm. I've been going so hard for my business, just work period, motherhood, taking care of myself to mm -hmm. the point where my body was like, bitch, sit down. Life will yeah. force you to slow down and reassess everything you have going on. Yeah. And, and I've, I've been there over the course of being a doula where my body was like, listen, and I've, I've had I've had issues with my back specifically from working in retail, being young, working in retail, 19, 20 years old yeah. um, and being like, I'm young. It's fine. I'm going to lift this really heavy box. This like half the size of me. Um, <laughs> right. And just doing shit willy nilly. Um, and also like working in visual merchandising, um, doing shit on a ladder with poles hanging stuff over my head and not properly lifting and all this stuff. And it's caught, it's caught up with me. Um, and even stress, like one, one holiday season working in retail, being a visual merchandiser, but also an assistant manager. And I was so stressed out and so exhausted that I could not lift my left arm because it hurts so bad. And that shit will catch up with you. And even as a doula, my body will be like, listen here, we will shut this whole shit down right now. So either you figure out when you want to take a break or we going it's just going to be over for you. Yeah. And then you ain't going to have no money, bitch. <laughs> I'm right. Figure out, figure out what you want to do. We give you 24 hours to respond. <laughs> Wait, I'm tired. <laughs> exactly. 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 With everything being said, what would you say is your next biggest step in your life? You have so much going for you. I feel like you're in such a good place and I love seeing you prosper. But what's next? What are you ready to tackle next? As crazy as this sounds, getting a car. And yeah. I say that because these gas prices are asinine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is not something I typically talk about openly in this manner, but you know, it's fine. So when I was three years old, I was diagnosed with cancer and I had to have my left eye removed. And so part of the reason I, I don't drive because of it at the moment, but I've been slowly but surely working towards um, getting my license. And so that is kind of happening. It's in the works. Um, Fortunately, both of my grandparents on my mother's side passed within the last year. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, thank you. Mm -hmm. And so that is unfortunate, but also it sounds bad. Fortunately, I, I'm getting a car out of that situation. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was a car that um, was my grandparents' car that was gifted to them. And that it, now it is being gifted to me. And so I'm very fortunate that I don't have to buy a car. Right. Um, but um, that kind of opens up the possibility of working with in a, a larger radius of clients 
I've been considering moving for quite a while and public transportation and just getting around, especially with COVID has been a very big concern, not just for me, but obviously for clients. And so having my own form of private transportation kind of shifts that dynamic. And so it feels like a huge feat for me because I have a lot of anxiety around driving. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited about that. And just there's some there's some other stuff that has been kind of floating around in my brain, but I don't I don't think that'll be in the works for but yeah until a few a few years down the line. I feel you. And to be honest, I don't even talk about this either. Like I don't really talk about it at all. I hate driving like <laughs> a lot. And a lot of it is centered around anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen a lot of shit. I've been in a lot of shit. I've had a lot of unfortunate situations happen to me with cars, period. So right. like my anxiety around it is so so bad mm-hmm. so like i get you and i think it needs to be normalized <laughs> no one really talks uh, about it let me tell you something the way y'all be driving on 495 is ridiculous <laughs> and the fact that the state of maryland requires people to go through drivers ass some of y'all need to go back oh <laughs> some of y'all need to go back DC needs to make it a requirement because let me tell you something. Y'all people in DC be real raggedy talking about people from Maryland don't know how to drive. But let me tell you something. Okay. Are you serious? Yes. DC yes. people be saying that shit. Yeah. Good night. But let me tell you something. The state of Maryland makes you go to driver's ed to get a driver's license if you never had a driver's license before. So don't play that game with me. It'd be all these transports coming from damn Iowa and Idaho and Ohio and Chicago and all these other places. I'm not trying to be shady towards Chicago. I know y'all in Illinois. So the whole state of Illinois and all these other places. And they'd be coming here and getting these Maryland license plates and y'all want to blame it on us. Right. It's not us. It's It's these transports, okay? Because y'all know they be coming out here to the suburbs and getting these houses because they be saying they cheap. That's a fact. So. That is a fact. I just (laughs) want to sit here and clear the name of all Maryland drivers who learn how to drive in the state of Maryland. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) Not be on these streets driving like somebody chasing you. Right. Like it's (laughs) it's Satan himself riding up behind you trying to get you. I'll be like, where are you going? Whole yeah, time they just go into fucking giant. Okay. Like, y'all be pulling up into the Target parking lot. Is that see? Is them Target? Is Target? Oh, Target is Target. It is like it's Target. It's Costco. It's TJ Maxx. It's Whole Goods. I know where y'all be going. Through <laughs> Trader Joe's. Okay, oh, come on. Okay. Trader Joe's. <laughs> okay. I'm tired. So I'm I'm to t- Oh, I, I feel you on the road. Trust. I felt that, and it's inappropriate and ungodly. And y'all, need, y'all need to, y'all need to talk with your makeup about it. That part. <laughs> and with all of this being said, if there is anything you want to leave the listeners with, what would it be, and how can they keep up with you? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if I want to. I don't. I don't. Hmm, I don't hmm. If there is trust, it could be anything. It doesn't matter, and that's if there's anything. But if there, if not, that's it's all good. I, hmm. yeah, y'all need to go back to driving school. That's what I'm going to leave y'all with. <laughs> and if you ain't been, you need to go. <laughs> In regards to where you can find me, I am on the Instagram streets. If you are more so interested in my personality, you can find me on Instagram at get you some brew. If you would like to follow my postpartum page, it's one by one postpartum. 
And if you are interested in the Postpartum Collective, it is the underscore Postpartum Collective. Um, we have some groups that are starting very soon in the spring. And then we also have some groups that are starting in the fall in August and September. And you can sign up for groups as early as you would like. In regards to my postpartum availability, I'm pretty open for the majority of the year, but some of my months are booked up like August um, and most of the spring. So just, you know, check out my page, shoot me a DM, um, let me know. And um, yeah, I think that's about it in regards to my socials. I love it. Thank you so much for making time for me today. Thank you for having me. Listen, I'm I'm a chatty bitch. So if, <laughs> if it a uh, chatty rambling ass bitch. So if you want to chit chat, I chit. Oh, you already know how I am too. <laughs> I, I be chatting it up with you. Like you want to say, Taurus and Virgo. I love y'all. We get each other. We see each other. You already know what it is. <laughs> it's dream team dynamic, honestly, truly. I, truly and honestly, what I will say too with us we've always been chatty bitches like since day one like right. together that's just us and i love it and i'm so grateful for you thank you Stories are always gonna have a good kiki that part okay because i was kikiing with my sister all day yesterday and my jaw was hurting i was like bitch i've been talking all day <laughs> <laughs> i woke up this morning like god damn my jaw <laughs> Let me stop. It's true. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for all of the work you do. Thank you so much to my listeners for listening to another amazing episode of Cookies and Conversation podcast. And until the next time, we're out. Yeah.